Hi, and welcome back to A Pagan Heart and Main Podcast. I'm your host, Grey Wolf, and on today's program, we will hear music from Celtic legend and Wendy Rule. We have an interview with Carrie, High Priestess of Forest Sanctuary in Jay, Maine, and we'll look at one of the symbols of Yule and how it came about. So to start us off, here is Celtic legend with Seven Years. Dream. 
A while back, my wife and I helped a friend put together some furniture. Not real furniture, but what I call bachelor furniture. This is the furniture that looks like wood, but isn't. It's actually made of 500 pounds of glue and sawdust. Well, in my youth, I put together a fair number of these sawdust constructions, and most of the time, I don't have to look at the instructions to put these things together. So I put together a television stand for him like I was a professional. And of course, I really don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But anyway, well, our friend told my wife that he thought I was a genius that I could put together these particle board cabinets so fast without even looking at the instructions. Well, she told me this, and so I said, why, yes, yes, I am a genius, aren't I? I then started to put together a fine, well-constructed sawdust desk, all the while glowing in the admiration of my wife, when suddenly I had a minor problem. Part of the desk looked like the letter H, and the dowels that held them together wouldn't go together. I banged on the side of the H, nothing. So I pressed on the sides, nothing. So to get more leverage, I leaned forward, putting my head between the boards and pressing on the sides. And finally it worked. The two boards slammed together with my head squarely pressed in the middle like a particle board sandwich. Well, I very quickly let go because it hurt. I fell backwards and my glasses went flying and ended up with sawdust scratches on my now narrower head. My wife comes running over saying, are you okay? While trying to stifle thinly veiled guffaws. And I looked up at her and I said, why yes, yes I'm okay, because I'm a freaking genius. All of us at times have momentary lapses of sanity and clarity of the situations around us. Common sense tells most people to not smash their face with particle board. But sometimes people get so caught up with themselves and their self-importance that they forget the people and the situations around them and the next thing you know, wham, their noses get bent out of shape. Don't let this happen to you. Have some common sense. Be aware of the people in the situations you are in. My friends, there is a big difference between intelligence and common sense. You can have all the schooling and degrees and papers hanging on your wall telling the world how smart you are. But if you don't have any common sense, you might as well slam your head between a couple of boards. At least people will laugh at you, and that's about the best you can hope for.
She sharpens the knife And now my bow is drawn To wildlife, my wildlife Deep in her death, I'm frightened Freedom can be cruel And in her life, and life And sister brave And that was Wendy Rule with Artemis. And welcome back. And in the studio today, I have Carrie, the High Priestess of Forest Sanctuary. And welcome. Welcome, and thank you. So tell me, um, what is Forest Sanctuary? Well, Forest Sanctuary is an independent local church here in Maine. Um, we incorporated in 2004, and I think one of the primary purposes I decided to do this was I felt that the pagan community needed something on a par with perhaps the Christian churches, a place that people could come and celebrate the seasons, share in conversations, and that we would have some sort of legitimacy in the eyes of the non-pagan community. You know, personally, my religion is legitimate for me, and I know it's legitimate for many other pagans. Um, but I, I just I felt this need that there needed to be something else out there that we could have dialogue with other people who are non-pagans that we could have symbols that we both understood that we could have a language we all understood and I thought this might be a good way to do it. Now, by pagan, do you mean uh, Wiccan? Do you mean any particular brand of paganism or? 
just overall, is anybody welcome? Pretty much anybody's welcome. Um, but let me clarify, I am Wiccan myself. I'm formally trained. Um, but that does not mean that those who attend our rituals or other events have to be Wiccan-specific. Um, any type of pagan is welcome, as long as we share similar beliefs, similar fundamental core philosophies. So they can be a pagan, whether they're eclectic or traditionally trained. Um, they might be a reconstructionist. They might be a druid. Uh, any of those people are welcome. We've even had some people who are more focused on Native American practices, and they still felt comfortable and welcomed. Mostly it's, it's the modern neo-paganism that we're talking about here. So are there any other services that Forest Sanctuary offers? There are actual services that we do give to the community. Um, I am ordained as clergy, so I can officiate weddings. If people need me, I am there for funerals as well. We also do baby blessings, dedications, and there is the other piece that if a student were seeking formal training, there would be initiations, those types of services. Um, currently, we are in the process of beginning a training circle. This is for people who want a little more information about paganism and Wicca specifically. That will be not only learning book information, answering questions, and having opportunities to talk, but it will also be opportunities for ritual. Being in ritual, learning what ritual is all about, the theory, practices, and learning to do it yourself and sharing it with people who are on the same level as yourself. And that is going to be lasting approximately a year. And after that time, we would probably be starting another training circle. Now, would that be for like people who want to start their own coven or for solitaires? or for people that want to become part of for Sanctuary in, in, in like a church type setting? It's more for people who are currently solitary, who may be thinking of joining a coven or starting a coven at a later time. With the training circle, these aren't going to be formal students. They're not getting what some of us call formal training in a tradition. Um, so they are not being trained at the level that someone would be if they were intending to run a coven and train students themselves. This is for people, like I said, who might at one point decide to actually join a coven okay. and, and be more involved in that type of experience, which to my mind is a little more heavy duty than attending an open ritual. A lot of open rituals, the attendees watch, they may participate to a degree, but in a lot of cases, they're not actually doing, and they're not actively remembering and retaining that information. So it's a little bit different. Now, you said that you were formally trained. Can you please tell me what that, what that means? Formal training for me is when I chose to seek out teachers for their guidance, for their active mentorship, to teach me not only how to recognize the seasonal changes and honor them in ritual, but to train me to lead ritual, to be able to teach others, to be a historian of my faith, a teacher of my faith, and a priestess of my faith, to go above and beyond a solitary who practices alone, someone who can 
share that information with others. It's it's a much more formal way of learning. There are assignments, written assignments, oral assignments, as well as practical assignments. Um, to a degree, it's similar to going to college, and it's as I mentioned, it's it's oral. It's oral in tradition for the most part. Some specific traditions out there people might recognize as stemming from Gerald Gardner, who many of us recognize as the father of Wicca. Um, so many traditions stemmed from his teachings: um, the Gardnerian tradition, the Alexandrian tradition, and a number of other traditions. Um, so at one point, I was raised through the pantheist tradition of Wicca. I was elevated through three degrees with all the assignments and expectations of each of those degrees, and was raised to the point of being a high priestess, capable of teaching others, facilitating ritual, being competent, knowing my stuff, and being able to teach it to somebody else, and being trusted in how I was going to teach, how I would care for myself, my coven. My students.、Uh, I am also currently training in the Gardnerian tradition.、Uh, I was elevated to first degree, July of this year, 2007, and that is very—it's similar to what I was trained with before, but there are some some very challenging pieces to it as well. So, in a way, that、um, your current studies under the Gardnerian. Is just adding to the knowledge that you already have from the other traditions that you've studied. Yes, yeah. I feel that we are always students, even those of us in in a teacher capacity, in a guide or mentor capacity. And I want to continue challenging myself. It's not always an easier, comfortable thing, but I think it's good to keep exercising the brain and and learn as much as we possibly can. So now, Forest Sanctuary was incorporated in 2004 as a church. But before that, what was the history? When did the dream start for you that Forest Sanctuary went from being an idea to being in reality, and why? I think it started maybe in the late 90s. I had been working with one of my coven's Winter Moon Coven, and we had kind of played with the idea of. What's the next step? Where does this go? Is is paganism always going to be in the shadows, or is it going to be right out there for everybody to kind of see? Will it someday be respected and be on a par、um, by non-pagans? I know that for myself, given my personality of being very independent and. Willing to stand out, I, I think the church not only was a manifestation of my dreams, but as we were talking about, it's a, it's this is the growth of paganism. This is one manifestation. This is the an obvious manifestation of paganism. Here we are. We're not only people who gather in our living rooms and in small groups or somewhere in a park. We also have churches. We have these bodies. We have these places for people to go to, to share and worship. We have the rights and the privileges and the responsibilities that come with it. 
so I, I do feel that this is but one of the manifestations of modern paganism. If someone was to come for a sanctuary, come to a ritual, and they saw you, who would they be seeing? Especially when I have first-timers come to my place for a sanctuary, um, I try to be very welcoming of them and try to make them as comfortable as possible. My training as a licensed therapist kicks in with that, as well as my training as a high priestess, in that I I pick up on what their comfort level is, what they might need, um, and uh, leave them alone if that's what they need to. I do have some people who have said, I have social anxiety, but after being here, I feel really comfortable and welcomed. And I feel good. I know that maybe I've done my job. Now, did you uh, grow up here in Maine? Yep. I was born and bred in Maine. Long time ago, <laughs> not that long ago. Um, yep, I grew up in the area that I am currently in. Now, Forest Sanctuary is located located in Jay, Maine, yes. which is toward little toward um, the, the cent- foothills, foothills uh, center of the state, sort of. Yes. Yep. So we have plenty of streams and mountains and woods all around. Forest Sanctuary does have uh, acres of land where people can hang out, walk. There's an outdoor ritual circle where we share rituals and fires, where we share good conversations. Um, we do have the privacy for drumming and dancing, depending on people's uh, musical inclinations. What exactly brought you to the path that you're on today? I had too many questions. I had been raised in a Methodist church, um, pretty low-key and relaxed, so I never had the experience that uh, some pagans have of rebelling against the church, rebelling against their parents. I just, I made a gradual shift of, I have too many questions. And the Christian faith doesn't have any teachings, doesn't have any answers. So I I started reading books. I started tuning into my own feelings, my own thoughts of, so how am I connected? What moves me? What, where do I find comfort? Where do I find healing? Where do I find knowledge? And the answer was always the forests. Every time I had sadness or questions or a need for guidance, I would find myself in the woods. Um, Where I grew up, we had 50 acres, we had a pond, we had woods, we had trails. And that's where I went to for comfort and questions being answered and that started guiding where I looked for other answers. The books I started looking into. Um, I started looking in the dictionary to find the word witch. What is that all about? And from there I was finding books in local bookstores and I started coming across a few about paganism and Wicca. This is a small town, so we really didn't have a lot of material available, but I did come across one of Scott Cunningham's books. And like many of us pagans, we have that coming home sensation. And when I read that material, it was definitely like, hey, that's what I believe. I had no 
doubts of the idea of a god and goddess, no doubts about the connection to the earth, about the seasonal cycles and rituals, um, rituals focused on the moon, the changes of the moon. It fit. So how old were you when you finally made not so much the connection toward nature, but when you realized that this was the path that you wanted to go down, that you wanted to pursue? I think I was about 15. I remember it as 1985, and I just made that shift of this this is who I am. And I, I studied solitary for about seven years, and then I was able to find some teachers. How did you find the teachers, if you don't mind me asking? Not, not a problem. I, I had some friends, and they introduced me. They, too, were very young pagans. They were very much teenagers, and they happened to make that connection, and they said, you need to meet these people. And that's pretty much where it started, having a group connection and just having more of a community. Was there a time as a, a young adult that you said to yourself, I feel called to be a high priestess and to, and to actually lead people in the community or to be that, that teacher in a community? I think it was probably somewhere during my formal training. I think by 96, I was feeling a call to do something more, and not just to be a high priestess, to lead rituals or do interviews or teach people who came to me. I was feeling a much deeper call, something bigger than me, something that lifted my, my spirit in a whole different way. And in talking with others, it sounded as though we were having the same experience, and it was often defined as a call to ministry, a call as clergy, a call to be something more than me for myself, than to just do this for me. It was a call to do it for others, because there wasn't that available. There were very few people who could provide or officiate over weddings, who were willing to officiate over funerals. There were very few trained pagans or, or Wiccans out there who were willing or capable of doing this kind of work. And that's how I wanted to further myself and my work within paganism, that I could be there in some way to provide this service to my people, my, my community. Because I, I didn't see a lot of other people doing it. There were there are hundreds of thousands of solitaries. And there are thousands of I don't know how many thousands of people who want to be leaders. Not a lot who actually want to train formally in the secular and the religious world. That is something else that I did. I, I started college and got a BA in psychology and religion because I felt it would work well with my, my spiritual and religious studies, that they would complement each other, and that I would be able to 
not only practice my religion, but be able to analyze the ins and outs of it. Why do we do what we do? Why do we do it this way? What does that mean psychologically? What does that mean for our development? So I, I wanted to gain even more skills, even more knowledge. Well, I want to thank you for coming in and sharing with us a little bit about yourself and about Forest Sanctuary. And you can find more information at www.forestsanctuarymaine.org. And thank you again. Thank you. And from Celtic legend, Leoness.
One of the symbols of winter solstice is a Yule tree, or holiday tree, or Christmas tree if you want to call it that. Evergreens have been a symbol of rebirth from ancient times, and bringing greenery into one's home, often at the time of the winter solstice, represented life in the midst of death in many cultures. Many ancient cultures perceived trees to be symbols of the universe, and trees were often associated with the sun. In ancient times, the survival of mankind was wholly dependent on the seasons, and solstice rituals encouraged the sun god's return to power. Evergreen trees in particular were seen as symbols of divinity and immortality, because they do not die as other trees do. Thus, the return of the sun at the winter solstice was symbolized by the evergreen. Living trees were brought into homes during the old German Feast of Yule, which originally was a two-month feast beginning in November. The word Yule itself means wheel, the wheel being a pagan symbol of the sun. Families would bring a live tree into the home so the wood spirits would have a place to keep warm during the cold winter months. Bells were hung in the limbs so you could tell when a spirit was present. Food and treats were hung on the branches for the spirits to eat, and a five-pointed star, the pentagram, symbol of the five elements, was placed atop the tree. Other evergreen traditions come from pagan sources as well. In Old Norse tradition, evergreens were burned to encourage a return of the sun. A direct descendant of this practice is burning the Yule log. The burning of a tree, a log, or a wheel was a widespread custom in European pagan solstice ceremonies. The burning of the Yule log is a symbolic sacrifice of the sun's sacred evergreen, and its sacrifice gave energy and to give strength to the weakened sun. The trees were decorated with fruits, nuts, and artificial flowers, and was to bring about the return of spring and fertility, warmth and light, and to restore and maintain the balance between darkness and light, coldness and warmth, death and rebirth. I am a mother 
When the earth is full with a waxing tide, and I breathe with it, ripening, ripening. And that was Wendy Rule with the song Deity from her album by the same name. Before I leave today, I want to ask all of you, if you have any personal poems, anything you'd like me to talk about, any questions, if you play music and want to hear your music on this podcast, or if you have a pagan or pagan-friendly business and would like to be listed on the resource pages on my website, please write to me at greywolf at paganheartinmaine.com I'd love to hear from you. The music on today's podcast was from Celtic Legend and their album Leoness, and they can be found at www.celticlegend.com. 
and from Wendy Rule, and her music can be found at www.wendyrule.com. The background music is from harpist Jerry Marchand's album, Celtic Cosmos, and can be found at cdbaby.com. All music on this podcast is used with the permission of the artists, and I want to say thank you to all of them for letting me share their works. Links to their websites can be found at my website, www.paganheartandmain.com. And I want to thank you all again for downloading this episode. I'll close the program with another song by Celtic legend called Sweet Rosemary. So until next time, bright blessings. It was once me.